This summer, your local movie theater transforms into a tent revival for sharing Jesus. Join Believers Nationwide for the Million Souls Campaign, inviting unsaved loved ones to experience The Firing Squad, a new evangelistic movie starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. Witness the true story that made worldwide headlines, American prisoners discovering faith in Christ while awaiting execution for their crimes in a third world country, transforming their lives and the entire prison in the process. After the movie and before the credits roll, Kevin Sorbo will come on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ. Visit FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how to get free tickets and more for your unsaved loved ones and become part of this unique event. Bring friends, family, and your faith. Learn more at FiringSquadFilm.com. That's FiringSquadFilm.com. Hey, everybody. A great, great program for you today that you don't really want to miss a second of it, mainly because Stu doesn't say very much. He got a bobo on his tongue. He got a kangaroo on his tongue. And it really... Miserable. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's great. Bill O'Reilly is with us today. Governor Greg Abbott is with us. We talk about we talk about what is going on in Washington, what is happening with our banking system, uh, uh, what is what the big stories of the week were. This is a big show you don't want to miss on today's podcast. You're listening to. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome a uh, broadcasting friend, Jerry Agar. He's the host of the Jerry Agar show up in uh, Canada, in Toronto. He's also columnist for the Toronto Sun. Um, and he just happened to be by. And I wanted to talk to him about what's happening in Canada, because um, as he'll explain, Americans should care what's happening in Canada right now. Uh, things are really, really they make as much sense as they do here in America. You have a scandal going up uh, in Canada that I think most people in America haven't paid attention to, and that is uh, these unmarked graveyards of these state schools for, you call them First Nations, Native Americans. Yes, yes. Yeah. residential schools. They were right. called uh, Canada and the United States both have uh, that history. Right. In Canada, it didn't end until 1996. This is a case of children who were taken by force from their families. In fact, one woman who was in one of the schools, because it ended uh, only in the 90s, there are lots of people who were in the school as children, and there are lots of people still around who administered the whole thing from the government and church levels as well. The churches were running the schools. And one lady testified, my family took me to the school because it was your daughter goes to the school or one of you, two parents, goes to prison. Wow. Yes. Uh, that happened in both countries, and the reason that I say this is something that Americans should be paying attention to is um, the the history of the schools has been known, and the the fact that numbers of kids died and parents sometimes weren't even notified; they were just buried up behind the school. Um, that that that's been known to some degree, but not as much. But all of a sudden, people started actually looking for bodies, and they went out with ground penetrating radar, and they found over a thousand of them. Now there are native leaders who are saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, let's." be careful here because this is not necessarily a mass grave this is the local cemetery uh right. in some cases you've got uh, adults buried there you've got other people so an investigation has to continue but, th- but that hasn't stopped people from burning down churches 
Oh, in well, Canada. why wait for an investigation, Glenn? Right. Yeah, okay. All Let's right. burn down churches. Yeah. Okay, right. uh, both our countries, tragically, and many countries have people who that's what they live for is to just go, right. Let's, yeah, because we burned down Portland, so now let's see if we can burn down Canada. Right. You know, it's, it's yeah. that kind of thing, right? Okay, so so we don't know if if any of these graves are from children that just disappeared, or do we know that? I don't think we do know definitively. Okay. Um, and so, but we, but we suspect. Yes, yeah, that's okay. what the investigation is uh, is uh, about. Look, well, let's start with this. It was a racist policy yeah. on the part of both nations. the The concept was um, kill the Indian, save the child. And as a friend of mine, who he didn't go to the schools. Art Wanich is his name. He's indigenous. He's native, uh, but family members did. And as he said, it was. Kill the Indian, save the child. They forgot about the save the child part. Mm. And uh, but, but but as if that is even well, any right. better. Uh, it's interesting you say kill the Indian, save the child. Where the policies here in America in our schools now is a a lighter version of that. Make the child the most unlike their parents as possible yeah. to stop the furthering of that uh, kind of thinking. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, sure. That's sure. what they were trying to do. They were yes. trying to Canadianize or Americanize Native right. Americans. Right. They had to be, uh, they had to learn how to assimilate into society or be forced to assimilate into society to forget their native language, their native cultures, and of course, be saved from their, uh, their heathen nature and be Christianized. The amazing thing is that the vast majority of Native people in Canada are Christian. Mm-hmm. And it's their churches that are being burned down in some cases. These are churches that were built by native people. And so, but, but see, none of that matters to activist types yeah. who, by the way, are not necessarily uh, individuals in ratty t-shirts and jeans in their mom's basement who go out and cause trouble. The, the um, civil liberties people in Canada, the uh, bar association of one of the Eastern Canadian associations uh, was speaking, well, you know, this was terrible and we understand why they're burning down the churches. And one activist even went so far as to say, well, look, this is not a hate crime. It's not like burning a mosque, which, you know, as the New York Post wrote, right. well, it's kind of like saying you know what the catholic church had it coming and uh, there's been that kind of an apology too for uh black lives matter and, and act uh antifa activists in the united states when they cause damage okay so they're they're burning down the churches and they're condemning um something that should be condemned and we would all condemn uh the actions like that of our governments uh, yes. in the past um however they're not going they're going after the past they're not actually going after the people who are still alive who may have done it yeah that's an amazing thing and the prime minister wants to blame us all he wants every canadian you know to kneel down and be embarrassed and he there's one he won't mention his father pierre elliott trudeau prime minister during the time of the residential schools and uh but apparently nobody in the liberal government wants to mention that he can't even say you know i'll start it by apologizing on behalf of my own family that would be kind of helpful wouldn't it yeah. we can't do anything about pierre Elliott trudeau he's dead but i identified for my listeners and readers in canada um a, a number a handful of former ministers of indian and northern affairs that's what it was called at the time they're still alive one of them was a former mayor of the city of toronto he's probably not happy with me uh and <laughs> his name is david crombie uh, but uh and there are prime ministers still alive who uh, were in 
position as prime minister while the school system continued. Now, I'm not saying they should be jailed, but they should be brought to an investigation. Stop mm-hmm. lecturing me as an average Canadian and and bring these people in as part of the investigation. What were you thinking? So there's there's two classes of people uh, now. Um, gosh, who was I talking to yesterday that was was talking about this? Maybe been Laura, Laura Logan, that there's going to be two classes of people. Um, the those that are monitored and those that aren't so those who are in the right class they're the leaders the globalists whatever they're not going to pay for any mistakes no but we will we will but they won't when david crombie this is my prediction when david crombie dies his eulogy will be former mayor of the city of toronto the nickname was the tiny perfect mayor order of canada recipient order of ontario recipient all of these good works that he did oh by the way helped run the residential no 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 let's not talk about that let's just burn some churches down instead what advice do you have for us because i can't imagine being on the radio in in canada um why not you've got your own issues you deal with you could deal with it (laughs) you're farther along aren't you well here's why i say americans should care about this the secretary of the interior has ordered an investigation of residential schools in america to get out there with the ground penetrating radar i think is what they want and start looking for bodies well they're going to find them and if that happens do you start to see the churches burn down here glenn you know very well there are people who want to burn churches down anyway yeah so this is just the you know the go signal the the flag go burn some churches down but are they burning the churches down that were involved with these schools what is the church connection they, they were the they were the leadership of these schools or well they're catholic churches and the catholic church ran uh not all but a higher percentage of the residential schools so they've decided and you know the catholic church is a handy target right yeah um right. but first of all because they're so big and secondly because of everything they went through years ago here with the sure, with sure. the other controversy yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so they're an easy target and y- you know you don't have to be a talk show host or a columnist for very long to know there are some virulently anti-religious people and <laughs> i have not encountered them you know, that yeah, well, is strange. That's my warning to you, Glenn. <laughs> wow, let's write that down. Yes, could somebody make a note? Yeah. Uh, because those people are just waiting for a chance, and that's what's happening here. You know, should there be an investigation? Yes. There are uh, Native leaders who are coming out and condemning the burning of the churches because, in many cases, they are churches built, run, and uh, congregated by Native people. It's amazing. The people who are, I just said yesterday, we were we were talking about uh, Black Lives Matter and um, how African-Americans are getting screwed again, again. Black Lives Matter marches in the streets. They get the police uh, to go away. Who's paying for all of the cleanup? How are these businesses faring now without police? The ones who are crying out for help are the are the people who who are left behind in that community. They are being slammed again. The same thing is is happening over and over and over again. When, when you have these churches uh, that are being burned down in the Native American community, 
Who's suffering? The Catholic Church or the people who would go to that church? The people who want to go to church right. and maybe pray about the situation at Correct. hand. The investigation that needs to happen is necessary. Um, and, and whatever comes out, comes out. I heard you speaking to some young people on Monday, not on the air. Uh, you were speaking to some young yeah. people. And um, you know you, you talked about how sometimes the, the truth is irrelevant. You know, people get that tiny little kernel of thing that they, mm-hmm. want, uh, they want to seize on, like the anti-religious uh, people and they're going to go 100 percent. let's start burning down the churches even the native people saying could we have an investigation could we all calm down a little bit no 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 and i look this would i don't make many predictions of what i think will happen in the future and i would be i'll make one and i'd be happy to be wrong about this but i think you're going to see the same thing here that we will start to see bodies being bodies being found searched for and then the eruption that will happen because if they do find some bodies, why wouldn't that eruption happen in America? Well, uh, that sounds completely reasonable. Reasonable. And, and that, something we totally can blame happen. Canada for. <laughs> Thanks a lot for sending that across the border. Oh, if you want <laughs> hardcore leftist activism, open up the border. <laughs> no, thank you. We already have that. Okay. Jerry Agar, uh, the host of the Jerry Agar show. He's also a com- columnist for the uh, Toronto Sun. Uh, and you can find him on uh, the website, newstalk1010.com. Also, uh, follow him on Twitter at Jerry Agar 1010. I don't know if you care about this sort of stuff, Jerry. I don't know if you're a big sports fan, but is there, are they going to let the Blue Jays play in their own country anytime this year? Is that going to happen? That's that's still under consideration, and they keep trying. They're playing in Buffalo. Yeah. I'll tell you something really quick because it's funny. Uh, there was a picture in the paper of a guy. They, they're playing in Buffalo at what was a AAA facility, still is, I guess. And the, the Maple Leafs NHL hockey team uh, tanked in the playoffs. And a guy in Buffalo held up a sign, and it said, Sorry about the Leafs, and we stole your baseball team. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Jerry. Appreciate it. So I am trying to eat healthier, and I am. But the thing is, I don't like healthy food. I don't like any of it. You've heard of a fat suit, right? I mean, there's got to be. When are we getting a skinny suit? Something that will make me look skinny, because I just want treats all the time. I grew up in a bakery, for the love of Pete. The bad news is no skinny suit is coming. You actually have to do the work, blah, blah, blah. That's why I am eating Built Bars. It satisfies my sweet tooth, but it's a protein bar, but not like, you know, that's like eating stuff at the bottom of my chalkboard usually. This is 100% real chocolate. It's low carb, low sugar. If I'm eating a protein bar as a treat, come on, you gotta know it's good. And I am. Mint brownie, cookies and cream, the new flavors that are coming out all the time, they're fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and Use the promo code BECK15 for 15% off your order. Your mouth is going to water just looking at them. Trust me, BuiltBar.com. Promo code BECK15. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Governor Great Abbott. Greg Abbott from the great state of uh, Texas. Welcome, Governor. How are you, sir? Doing great. How are you doing, Glenn? Um, I'm good. I'm good. So what a week. What a week you've had. Um, the, uh, the Democrats walk out, and let's set the record straight. What exactly, we know what they're saying is in the bill. 
what is actually in the bill that they walked away from? Uh, great point, because what is in the bill is completely different than what they are saying, what Kamala Harris is saying, what President Biden is saying. Uh, what's in the bill actually increases the number of hours that people have to vote in the state of Texas. In the state of Texas, we have at least 12 days of early voting, and we are adding hours to those days. And on top of that, uh, we are giving people time off from work to be able to go vote. Bottom line, we're making it easier to vote in the state of Texas. By the way, in comparison, Delaware, the state that President Biden votes in, has exactly zero hours of early voting. If anyone wants to go after a state that's engaging in voter suppression because of lack of time to vote early, it should be people going after Delaware, not the state of Texas. That said, Glenn, there is one thing that we are doing in the state of Texas, and that is we are making sure that we uh, tighten the reins on mail-in ballots that can lead to voter fraud. And it's not me saying that. It is a federal judge appointed by Barack Obama in Corpus Christi, Texas, who, who wrote in a legal opinion uh, that voter fraud occurs, quote, in abundance uh, as it concerns mail-in ballots. We know Texans know there is fraud in mail-in ballots in the state of Texas. It must be fixed, and that's one thing that we are trying to do. But uh, that said, all of these claims, and oh, we're denying people the right to vote, yada, 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 are completely false. I, I have to tell you, Governor, I, I, I don't know what to do with the lies anymore. You know, there, it, it used to be you got to watch their language carefully. They're just out and out lies now that are being uh, being said and most americans agree with even democrats voter id um most people agree with hey let's just make sure that all of the real ballots count and we make sure no fake ballots or distorted ballots are counted I, every american should agree with that and that's exactly what texas is achieving but let's go back to the first point that you made, uh, and that is the lies. When, when, when Democrats do not have truth on their side, they resort to one single word, and that is racism. They say that Texas is being racist by doing this. And you talked about voter ID. So Texas implemented voter ID uh, almost a decade ago. And when we went through that fight, uh, what word did they use? Racism. racism. That Texas is engaging in racism. This is going to hurt people of color, yada, yada, yada. Guess what? After Texas imposed voter ID requirements in the state of Texas, there have been more people vote, uh, more people of color who went to vote. Uh, voting didn't get harder. It got easier and more abundant in the state of Texas. And so once again, uh, Democrats have absolutely no legal standing other than to say, oh, racism, racism, racism. And what they have done, because they use the term so much, it means that there really is no substance to the term anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's sad because real racism does exist and we should do everything we can to fight real racism. But if somebody is always crying rape, you don't you stop hearing. It's like car alarms. When car alarms first started, I mean, everybody car alarm would go off. Everybody would look now. Car alarms look there could be a guy standing there with a hammer and nobody looks at it. They're like, oh, whatever. It's somebody's car alarm. Um, the um, the 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 thing you said this week was that you were going to go in and you will arrest them when they come in, uh, when they come back to Texas. A, is that a is that a is that a real promise? Will you really arrest them when they come back into the state? 
Yeah, let me explain how this works. And so whenever there is a break of quorum, which is what has happened now, meaning that there is not a sufficient number of people who are showing up to the Texas House of Representatives for the Texas House to engage in business, uh, whenever there is a quorum break like that, uh, the House issues what's called a uh, call on the House. And when that happens, uh, the sergeant at arms is authorized to work with the Texas Department of Public Safety to, you can call it arrest, apprehend, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, any of the members who are not in the Texas House of Representatives and bring them to the Texas House where they will be uh, cabined in the Texas House with no ability to leave the the Texas House chamber uh, without a permission slip uh, from the Speaker. And uh, this is exactly what will happen. The only limitation to it is, one, uh, the, the fact that Texas law enforcement officers do not have jurisdiction authority beyond our state boundaries. And that's exactly why they're not up there in Washington, D.C., uh, putting these uh, Texas Democrats who are on the run uh, under arrest and bringing them back to Texas. However, once they do return to Texas, uh, if they fail to show up to do the duty that they ran for, and that is to go to the Capitol and cast votes, uh, if they don't show up to the Capitol, uh, they, uh, the Texas Department of Public Safety will be sent out to bring them back in. Okay, so it's not, it's not an arrest as people think of an arrest. It is they will pick you up and take you to the Capitol, and you can't leave the Capitol until your job is done. Right. It's not, it's not an arrest for a crime. Got it. Uh, it's, a, it's an arrest to bring them back to the Capitol to force them to do their job. Now, think about that. Are, are you being forced to do your job? Are your listeners being forced to do their job? What would happen to your listeners if they decided, well, you know, I don't like the way things are going here, and I'm not winning at my my job here. I'm, I'm going to walk off the job uh, and still expect to get paid. That's exactly what these Democrats are doing. Uh, and uh, j- just like your listeners, if they walked off the job, they would be fired. Uh, they would lose their paycheck. And that, mark my words, that's exactly what's going to happen to these Democrats who have fled the state of Texas because Texans do not approve of uh, people. People, especially the people they voted in office, walking off the job and not doing their job. Have you seen any polls on this at all? I mean, I can't believe I mean, I would be really angry if if the Republicans walked out of Congress right now. I mean, they're not getting anything done. They can't pass anything. But if they if they walked off the job, I'd be really pissed at them. It is it is the have you seen any polling? How is this going to work out for these guys? So we have seen polling. There's an organization in Texas called the Texas Public Policy Foundation, and they did a poll on this within the last week, uh, showing uh, that those uh, members who walk off the job, uh, there is a great disapproval rating among all demographic groups. So I have it in front of me right now. Uh, It's texaspolicy.com, and the, the title of it is Uh, Texans oppose walkouts to avoid votes. And that's why I know for a fact uh, that these members, when they return and ask their constituents for support again, uh, it's going to look very, very bad for them. We saw this once before. There's history for this in the state of Texas because uh, when we were going through redistricting uh, a decade or so ago, uh, the Democrats fled the state. Once again, they first went to Ardmore, Oklahoma, then they went to Albuquerque, New Mexico uh, to evade uh, being arrested in the state of Texas, uh, and things turned out bad for them at the ballot box. And this time it's even worse because there are so many issues that we have on this special session call. In addition to election integrity, we have property tax reform. We can reduce your property taxes in Texas 
if uh, the Democrats in the Texas House showed up. There's bail reform. Uh, Senator Joan Huffman said that uh, since the Democrats uh, left uh, and, and broke quorum initially uh, in late May, there had been five people in the state of Texas murdered by people who were out on bail. We've got to fix a broken bail system in the state of Texas. So there's going to be blood on the hands of the Democrats who failed to show up and do their job. Governor Texas, uh, Governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, thank you so much, sir. We'll talk to you again. Keep up the good work. Take care, Glenn Beck. The best of the Glenn Beck program. I want to bring on Mercedes Schlapp. Uh, she is uh, a, a Latina or a Latinx, I think is what they are called now. Mercedes, a Latinx. <laughs> Yeah, see, Latinx, they love using that. And let me tell you something. The Latinos, we don't like when they change the Spanish language. We like to keep the L and the La in Uh our Spanish language. Uh So um, it's not Uh very popular, despite the fact that President Biden loves to use it. Yeah. So anyway, Mercedes Slap, she is a senior fellow, American Conservative Union Foundation. She was the host of America Uncanceled. Uh, at uh, CPAC and uh, former White House strategic communications advisor. Uh, I wanted to bring you on because you are also somebody that really understands Cuba because your father uh, was put into prison by Fidel Castro. That's right. And he served, uh, he was thrown into jail for six years. He had a 13 year prison sentence. Uh, And, you know, I got to tell you, Glenn, You know, he was one of these guys, self-made businessman in Cuba, and when he saw the Castro regime come into power and start taking away their liberties, taking away their guns, I want to make that very clear, uh, he knew that this was a country going in the wrong direction, and he really had a choice. He either was either going to stay quiet and play along or fight back, and he chose to fight back and join a counter-revolutionary group and you know, sadly, they were uh, exposed by what I would say a mole in the group, mm. and uh, several of his friends actually were executed. And he has uh, very sad, sad stories about the lives that were lost. And some of these actual, some of these individuals actually had a prison sentence of about twenty years. Uh, so he's he has seen it firsthand of the human rights abuses, of the torture, of what happens in the Cuban jails as well as the fact that they, the Castro regime and the communist regime have cracked down on the Cuban people. Uh, and, you know, now he lives here in the U.S. He's 85 years old, and mm. he's very worried about the state of affairs here oh, in America. I bet he is. He's, he's lived it. He's seen it. Um, let's talk specifically here about uh, Cuba, because we are seeing the beatings on the streets now, uh, the, these guys all dressed in black, I assume they're paramilitary or military uh, or police force of Cuba. Um, they're coming out all in black, um, black uniforms, and they are beating people within an inch of their life uh, on the streets. You know, they have their version of Antifa, quite frankly, and what the Cuban president, Miguel Diaz-Canel, uh, basically said to the Cuban pre- people, uh, to the, he basically, he said it to the Cuban communists, he says, to take it directly to the Cuban people, and you need to stop this, and you need to be courageous in stopping the Cuban people who are fighting for freedom. So he's sending out the thugs, the communist thugs out, beyond just the Cuban military, to create even more chaos on the street. And just my sources also say that the Venezuelan military 
uh, they've reached the island. So they're definitely part of helping uh, the regime in implementing these horrific practices and, and tactics. And they're going into people's homes. I mean, our sources, as we're seeing, is that they're going into people's homes, shooting people uh, point blank. It's a lot of young people. This movement that's been in place for quite some time in Cuba, it's led by artists, uh, by, uh, by young people that are, are the ones driving uh, what we're seeing happen in, on the island. You know, it's so strange, Mercedes, is, is the people who always get us into these are also the ones who get us out. It's the look at what's happening now. It's the artists, it's the creatives, it's the, you know, the students that buy into this communist bullcrap. And then they go through horrible, horrible nightmare years. And then it's those same people or their children that lead back out. Well, you know, it's been 60 years, over 60 years of a dictatorship. And these are, you know, these individuals don't have economic opportunities unless you join the military or the intelligentsia or government, in essence, where they basically are pretending like nothing's happened. But then you have those individuals who are saying, look, I can't get a good meal. You know, my food is rationed. I I can't even speak up because I'll be thrown into jail. And we have no liberties. And so for for the Cuban people, I mean, they have just had it. And really, this is about a cry for freedom. And it drives me crazy when you have these leftists who say, oh, it's about the trade embargo, like Black Lives Matter said, oh, we have to blame the U.S. government. Or they say this is about a food shortage or a vaccine shortage. No, people. It's about freedom. It's a very simple fact. Yes, do we know that they've had economic stress, that tourism has gone down, that there is a vaccine shortage and a food shortage? Absolutely. But the bigger fight here is libertad, patria y vida, freedom, homeland, and life. And many of these people have said, I'm willing to give up my life for freedom. So, Mercedes, how is this? I mean, we saw this in Tokyo and there was uh, not Tokyo, um, Hong Kong, Kong. and there was this great hope. And then COVID happened and America turned a blind eye because we were we were busy with our own stuff. Once we took the eye off the ball, China rolled in with tanks and these people just disappeared. We have word now that 100 people at least uh, have been disappeared um probably dead or in prison now and mm-hmm. we have in a in a crazy turn of events we have a an administration that uh is spending like there's no tomorrow but they're pulling funding from the american broadcasts that go into cuba and are as we have everybody flooding our border we now have uh, the director of um, uh, Homeland Security coming out and saying, you, if you get on a raft, you will not make it to America. What are we doing? I know. And actually, if you know, if you know a thing or two about asylum, really, these individuals in Cuba, that's the ones going through political persecution. Yes. They're the ones that actually qualify for asylum, unlike many of those who cross the border just simply for economic reasons. Uh, But look, we're facing a very difficult challenge. And I tell you, it's heartbreaking for me to watch because I do feel like the Cuban people are defenseless and it's going to take a miracle. I really do believe that. But I do think that uh, what you know, we I hope to see is that there's 
someone in the military or even like three or four of them that say we got to stop killing our own people. And that they well, isn't that why they're bringing isn't that why they're bringing Venezuelans in? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is just this is why you have not only Venezuela, but the Russians and the yes. Chinese basically yes. ensuring that the U.S does not get involved in any sort of way. And they're ob- obviously part of propping up this regime in Cuba. It is about a national security issue for America as well, because the reality is, is that Russia and China are heavily invested in Cuba. And for them, that's a strategic place to be. 90 miles from the U.S., absolutely they want to be involved. So look, for the Cuban people, it is very difficult when you know that the when Castro regime back in the early 60s basically told them, hand over your guns because we're going to need them to fight the foreign influence of the United States of America. They confiscated their guns. These people have no way to defend themselves. And so this is going to be about fear and oppression. And the Cuban regime is probably hoping that somehow the U.S., decides to lose focus. The reality is the difference this time around, which is, I think, a little different than Hong Kong, is that the Cuban-American vote in Florida is so critical and we're very loud and they are standing up demanding the Biden administration to take action. And so that's why you've seen the Biden administration be trying to figure out what their next steps are. Quite frankly, I don't think it's going to be enough to change things in Cuba. Is there something that we as people can do to support them? Well, I think first it starts with prayer. I think that it really, again, like I said, it's going to take a miracle. And I know that there's a lot of these um, brave young men and women in Cuba who are putting their lives at risk to take over and try to uh, uh, take over and overthrow the Cuban government. But it's going to take a lot more than that. I mean, we have to put the pressure on the Biden campaign. I think, for example, one of the things that Senator Marco Rubio and several other Cuban leaders are pushing for is Internet access and basically encouraging these private companies uh, to get involved in allowing for Internet access in Cuba. That's important because that keeps the different regions in Cuba and the different provinces in Cuba connected. Uh, you know, it, it, hang whole- on just a second. You know, it's, it is very easy for them to do. They they orchestrated, <clears throat> excuse me, they orchestrated, as we know now. They helped orchestrate the Arab Spring, these social media companies. They had a whole team working on that. Where are they on Cuba? Where are they? That's a great point. That's a great point. And if there's anything we know is that our American intelligence community knows exactly what they would need to do to penetrate Cuba and give them what they need, the support they need. And secondly, I mean, we really need President Biden to mount an international effort uh, that would call for free and fair elections for a peaceful Democrat, uh, democratic transition. Uh, but again, you know, this is not the type, this president is not the type of guy that I can envision being the strong guy to really push for change in Cuba. It took him four to five days to even say that communism is a failed ideology. Oh, no. And obviously he has his progressive friends on the left who are silent, who are blaming everything on the trade embargo. Uh, on Cuba. And so, you know, it's it's a tough one. I got to tell you, Glenn, it's really tough to watch, but we'll see what happens. Mercedes Schlapp, thank you so much. God bless. Thank you, Glenn. And I just want to say that your speech at CPAC was the very best and everyone needs to go watch it. You can go to conservative.org. You've made me cry twice in the last two times that I've seen you. 
you're an inspiration and an American treasure, and we thank you, thank you for what you're doing every day. That's kind of you. Thank you very much, Mercedes. Na, 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 na.